Well, it was a big day Saturday for a couple of Ohio State Buckeyes in the quarterback and wide receiver workouts. We're going to talk about both those positional groups. Get to a little bit talk about the tight ends. It was a great day athletic testing-wise for the tight ends, but is this truly the class that some folks are trying to make it out to be? Jeff Lloyd joined with Pete Smith, your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team Every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, joining me, uh, head honcho over at Browns Digest, uh, his team over there, and Pete, they put together a tremendous, tremendous value uh, and a great resource. And this time of year, uh, the work just picks up uh, as they just continue to you know pound the pavement, put out the best content they can for you, Browns fans. So make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Um as I opened with, uh, and we'll get to the quarterbacks in segment two. We're going to talk some tight ends today, too. Um, but the wide receiver group, um, anybody who knows me and talking the draft for as many years as we've done this, always my favorite group. And I will say I probably came away yesterday, easiest way to say this, probably wanting more. Um, I, I think everybody who looks at this, and certainly from the Browns' perspective with a pick at 42, uh, I'm not really sure the way this first round is going to break through. I think last year was like four in the top 15, top 16, something like that. Um, and you just don't necessarily run and take a position. You know, these guys got to be able to check the boxes, you know, fill, you know, the statistical outlook that you're looking for, the statistical production, I should say, the athletic production. I, I'm sorry, the, you know, the athletic testing as well. And it was really a tough day yesterday. Uh, the second group significantly better than the first group, no question. Um, for me, one of our biggest takeaways from yesterday, um, and it was kind of the forgotten guy in this entire process. Uh, obviously, this past fall, injuries in Columbus, you know, played sparingly in three games. Um, this was a guy I think everybody was excited to see how this year would go with, you know, not playing with Garrett Wilson, with not playing with Chris Olave, and it just never really came to pass for Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, then you finally get out there, and there was nothing about him you know, doing the 40. He jumped, I think, which was good for his size. I would say okay for his size. Um, did his workouts, and you just saw the smoothness, the crispness. Uh, I put it out there last night. If your offense, your team, you're looking for somebody that can give you Cooper, type, Cooper Cup-type stuff, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is able to do that. And quietly, one of the most crucial things he did was get in a three cone yesterday. Um, you know, I don't know how much he's truly going to test at Ohio State's pro day, um, but the three cone basically lights up everything you need to know and makes you think that he's truly back to 100% health. And, you know, in a class that, you know, and I'm not saying he's going to go first in the wide receiver group. But for a class that was really looking for somebody to step up, make a statement, it was a guy who was, you know, over the summer really thought about maybe being somebody who was going to be a big part of this class. And then just quietly, it didn't happen for him. Basically, you know, put himself back on the map yesterday, Pete. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll run the 40 at Ohio State. At this point, I wouldn't. <laughs> Even if he does, it sort of doesn't matter. Um, the three cone in the, the shuttle is who he is. He's a guy who's going to run with quickness, body control, uh, great change of direction, and that's what he was when he was great for Ohio State. He's going to be a big-time slot player uh, that can just create a ton of production for you. Um, the, you know, the only other real question with him is his health. You know, is there any reason to believe that that's going to be a lingering issue? If it's not, then he's probably going to end up going in the late part of the first round. Um, maybe he gets the second round, but even that seems unlikely. Uh, there's just too many teams that need a player like that. Um, the, all the things he can do. And certainly, look, I mean, if you were to look at him from the Browns perspective, he, he's great and a lot of he's perfect for what they need, even if he can't sort of necessarily be a home run hitter but he does fit all the areas that you need the thing is there's just a number of teams to pick in front of them that all have that same need like you know look at the team like the chicago bears they need all the things um if they trade down and get a bunch of picks like jackson smith the jigba could easily be one of those one of those players they add and well i mean you know you know if you want to maybe you know keep it until chicago trades out you know there was the uh wasted trade pick you know if you're the chicago bears right now would you say we'd rather have the opportunity to draft jackson smith and jigba or no it's cool you know we got chase claypool around here um you know things always kind of look a little bit different after the fact Pete, a couple wide receivers um and actually here guys i'll give you this one um so i guess it works out for saturday friday night to thursday night i sent a message over to pete I'm really interested. Kayshawn Boutte, you know, the tape looks good. I, 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 I'm really, really interested. Then yesterday comes and, you know, he was about as interested as being there as any kid who shows up to Saturday detention is. Didn't really work out for Kayshawn Boutte. And, you know, we're talking about a day three guy now, you know, somewhere on day three. Maybe. Um, very well. I mean, once we get to the off-field stuff, who knows, Pete, definitely. Um, but, Pete, maybe a couple of guys for you yesterday – Either A, caught your eye in general, B, caught your eye because they can bring something, you know, for the Browns. Because one thing I think everybody's probably a little bit nervous and hesitant about is this free agent class without a lot of headliners. You know, some guys are going to make some money that may take some teams out of the realm where, oh, wow, we liked him. Oh, wow, we didn't like him at $9 million per. Yeah, like – this whole draft process, I've sort of thought that it's not impossible that the Browns would find somebody they loved at 42 and take them, or even if they trade down that they might find a receiver that they love and take them. But compared to some of the talent you've seen in this class, defensive line in particular, but even corner is just so good that I could easily see the Browns go a different direction than, than receiver. So, uh, you know, coming into this, all I heard about was, you know, guys like Tyler Scott and, you know, some of these guys that could, could potentially take the top off the defense, Jalen Hyatt. Um, and they're fine. I mean, Tyler Scott is his 40 was not good. Um, you know, he came in claiming he was going to run a four two something and he ran four five. Wasn't first. even the fastest Bearcat on the truck. Yeah. Um, but like if you get past those guys and you look at a guy like Marvin Mims, who does a lot of those things that people say they want, they want somebody who can operate out of slot, can win down the field. Marvin Mims has a better resume than Tyler Scott does. He has a better resume than a lot of these guys, and he crushed it. I mean, his agility might have been slightly better, but in terms of, you know, his raw speed was there. He ran 4.38. Um, his explosion was good, all those things. Like, he's a guy that people are talking about going in the third or fourth round. 
the investment's so much lower and he might be able to give you that dynamic without, you know, without the expense. Trey Palmer of Nebraska is obviously going to jump out to people. He ran a 4-3-3. That's what he does. That's who he is. Uh, another guy who played predominantly out of the slot, had a great year for Nebraska after transferring out of LSU. Uh, that's another guy that could be interesting. And, and uh, you know, it's difficult to sort of really hammer down where a guy like Josh Downs is going to go from North Carolina. But his workout was fine, I guess. He, he's not a burner, uh, but he his – his workout wasn't problematic. You know, a lot of these guys, I wish they would have done agility and they didn't. Uh, but then you go into this and, and I, I would say Tyler Scott's in the same boat. He did not run well in the 40, but when they got into things like the gauntlet, yep, they played much faster. I think Josh Downs played fast in the gauntlet and some of those things you're actually seeing it happen. How fast do they go down the line and, and can they attack the football? And I thought those, <laughs> those guys did a better job with that stuff. And the guy that I, probably don't think is really on the radar for the Browns, but is really interesting to me is uh, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. He's huge. He's 6'2", 220 pounds. And I love watching Lane Kiffin's offense at Ole Miss because they do call all kinds of crazy crap to get guys they like the ball. And Jonathan Mingo does all kinds of stuff you'd see tight ends do. He'll line up as a win. He does a lot of some of the stuff that Jarvis Landry used to do. Uh, line up as a wing and go pull, wham block or lead block or do some of those things and then go out and catch passes. And he also stretched the field quite a bit. And, you know, I think the Browns are probably more inclined to get somebody who's going to, you know, be a little quicker, be able to do things like whip routes and in and out, those type of things. But if they don't, and they like a guy who can run a good square in or a guy who's going to win on a slant who can also be sort of a matchup problem if they're, they're playing teams with like small corners or, or slow safeties, Mingo gives you sort of another guy who can who can create potential problems. Also, you know, you're you know, where you brought up Mingo, and I've seen this, you know, from you come up a little bit here is, you know, maybe you know when you're going to get into games later in the year where you know it might not truly be that the weather is factor as much as the temperature, you know, maybe big slap with some yak ability isn't the worst option necessarily. So you know, I'm not saying look, this wide receiver class is you know dead uh it's definitely failing in comparison to some of the classes in the past this is going to happen it's just it's ebbs and flows you know i'm saying you're just not going to plug and play these guys out every single year and of course you know obviously for most all eyes will be on uh, marvin harrison jr uh next year and we'll see the way the rest of that class takes shape Uh, i'm gonna get some of the quarterback play yesterday look i I don't want to take anything away from anthony richardson and the athletic exploits yesterday. Um, but when it actually came to playing the quarterback position yesterday and you know simulating drills, yeah, there's probably one quarterback to talk about. And we'll get to that here on your latest Lockdown Browns. Jeff Lloyd, joined by Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And look, we're not that far away from spring, summer, bathing suit season, so you got to do all you can to keep yourself in the best of shape. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. 
Head to the nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro, and you can thank me later. Pete, we continue on here. Um, and look, Anthony Richardson obviously breaking every single quarterback record that ever existed. Um, you know, running the 140, which turned out to be a 4-4-3. You know, everything excellent. Um, there are certainly things with Anthony Richardson that give you pause and hesitation. And we've gone through these types of scenarios with quarterbacks in the past. Mitch Trubisky, Carson Wentz, limited playing time on the field. Um, Daniel Jeremiah going over and over about how he truly needs, you know, a red shirt year in the NFL. Yes, all the talent is there. Um, but physically putting it together and turning into a top quarterback in the league, it takes time. There's no question about that. And sometimes with the NFL and NFL franchises, the biggest problem the franchises have is they can't maybe necessarily invest time. There are some teams that do have that opportunity this year. But where I'm more going with this is C.J. Stroud, while everybody was kind of, you know, basically drooling at you know the sight of Anthony Richardson, and probably understandably so, C.J. Stroud was out there just knocking down throw after throw. Um, and now here is a guy who, you know, has played with Garrett Wilson, has played with Chris Olave, has played with Jackson Smith and Jigga, has played with Marvin Harrison. Um, yes, all great individual talents, but you can't just say, oh, you know, Stroud isn't good because of them. You can't overrate him because he's played with them. And yesterday, throwing to a cast of guys that he barely even you know was on a first name basis with, just everything looked just smooth and concise. Yeah, CJ Stroud would crush everyone in seven on seven if if that was just the league. If it was just a seven on seven league, CJ Stroud would beat everybody. Um, he's a project in the sense that. He has so much ability as a passer, but he's got to get better on the move. He's got to get better at, you know, it, it always felt like he was having to physically shift like a manual transmission to run uh, when he was at Ohio State. And then you saw the Georgia game, which is one of the great, if not the greatest quarterback performance I've ever seen from a college quarterback uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the semifinal game. And you saw the whole package and what he can be. And what he could be was unbeatable. He made George's defense look irrelevant in that game. So he's a phenomenal talent. But, and this is not limited to Stroud. I think this is with all these guys. You have to have a real plan. You can't just throw him out there and then change coaches every year and think it's going to work out. And I think that becomes maybe not as important as it is for Richardson. I think Richardson, you have to be in a situation where it's like the Bills were with Josh Allen or the Ravens were with Lamar Jackson, where you're saying you're going to get – all five years or four years or whatever are going to be with this coaching staff. Nothing's going to change and we're going to have a plan and we're going to stick with it. And that's why those guys were, that's a huge part of why those guys were successful. Uh, you know, that's beyond the hard work and, and all that. Uh, I don't get the sense that Anthony Richardson's not going to be a guy who puts in all the effort, but I do think the team that drafts him can easily fail him. Um, so what I worry about is, Looking at the teams, they're potentially up at the top. Maybe Houston might be okay with that just because they signed a D'Amico Ryans to a, a 
you know, 15 year contract seemingly, and he's going to be there forever. Maybe Detroit might be a good spot. And and I should say for Richardson or really any of these quarterbacks, I, I just look at who's going to be stable for these guys, because obviously we've seen it with, with Cleveland. You go back to the, the, the draft class where they took Baker Mayfield. I, I will contend forever that Josh Allen would have failed miserably here first under Hugh Jackson. Then just, it was, it was just a joke how you do that versus Sean McDermott versus John Harbaugh and just the consistency and keeping the same thing going and going and going. Uh, what I found funny about this quarterback workouts was like Will Levis from Kentucky comes in and goes, yeah, I've got a cannon. I'm going to show it. I've got the strongest arm. He's the fourth best arm in his group. <laughs> DJ Stroud, <laughs> Anthony Richardson, and freaking Stetson Bennett were all throwing. And granted, now, now the one thing I will caveat with Stetson Bennett is Stetson Bennett is putting his whole body into every throw versus Will Levis, who's a little bit of an easier thrower. But CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson are just as good, if not better, arms than Will Levis. And I think that's as much as Will Levis, like that was his showcase, I think it may have hurt him a little bit. It just shows that he's not so special that he's in that group. And I think it really helps Anthony Richardson and, and certainly Stroud that they could go throw for throw and it was never an issue. Well, that's the part that that's surprising because it's like you, you play in the SEC, you kind of got to know a little bit about Anthony Richardson. If you're a top quarterback in the country, you should know a little bit about CJ Stroud. Um, so basically, you basically you know went in there like you know I've got I'm nuclear loose, and you know there were other you know guys who were more promising. Um, I'm not sure where the Browns' interest truly lies in a quarterback in this class. Um, you know some you know. Uh, mentioning of you know them you know with some meetings you know speaking to the young quarterbacks do you see something that a maybe fits as you know a type of Deshaun Watson understudy or somebody who maybe Pete looks like hey you know we've seen it with Baker we've seen it with Jacoby we'll, you know, we'll hope to see it when we saw the second half in Washington with Deshaun is there somebody that you see that says hey he might work with coach Stefanski Sure. Um, now, this is under the caveat that they are undrafted. I do not see a scenario where the Browns draft. Just keep Kellen Mond if that's the case, because it's the O-line. Look, if it ain't Deshaun, you're screwed anyway. Because unless they change the roster rules and they make it so that third quarterback doesn't count. If they do, great, then you can do it. But if not, then the two guys I, I look at are DTR from UCLA, but I think he's going to get drafted. The one I, I think so. may not get drafted is Malik Cunningham, who I love. I love Malik Cunningham. Because I don't need him to throw a single pass. He can run. <laughs> he can just run. He's so good at just running the football. And then it's so easy. It becomes like it was with Josh Dobbs in a sense where things become so open that he's going to make some throws. And, and, and you, you watch the workouts when I watch the senior bowl stuff and I watch him. Lee Cunningham's not bad. He's just inconsistent. But he's small relatively. He's like Michael. He's shorter and, and 20 pounds later than Michael Vick was, which is a problem. But he is just electric. And if you're down to your third string quarterback, what are you really going to do? And at that point you can run all kinds of crazy crap that you would already be running with Deshaun Watson and Kellen Mond theoretically. Uh, and all the other part of that is if, if he's your scout team quarterback, Malik Cunningham or, or DTR, if that's the case are going to get you ready for teams that can run around and throw the ball. Like you play so many of these guys. And we've still got to see what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson if he stays with, with Baltimore or goes somewhere else. But they play enough of these guys throughout the year that guys of that speed are going to get you ready to really pass rush guys 
like uh, Justin Herbert, like Josh Allen. And obviously they're a little bit different because they're so much bigger, but just being able to rally, being able to make sure you get your, your proper rush lanes to contain guys, even Joe Burrow, these guys are athletic. They can create with their legs. So a guy like Malik Cunningham can help you in a lot of ways uh, if he goes undrafted. Even Max Duggan, really, even though he can't throw for anything, but he ran he ran really fast. Now, if he can run, you know, mid four, five, low mid four fives, yeah, I think we're, you know, more than okay with that. Um, so the quarterback class, um, look, and it feels weird, obviously, because you know you still haven't obviously gotten the opportunity, you know, for Bryce Young to have his workout. Um, certainly going to make for a very, very interesting top ten or so. You know, the weeks leading up to it, certainly draft night, as these teams try to get themselves in the position to, you know, basically go get their guy uh, appreciate everybody makes lockdown browns their first listen every day uh whether it's on your favorite podcast platform it's always free may, uh, always available here on youtube make sure you subscribe notifications on and of course if you got roku go ahead and search lockdown cleveland sports you will find lockdown browns you'll find the ultimate cleveland sports show lockdown guards lockdown calves and we are going to get to some thoughts from the tight end class extremely extremely impressive workouts yesterday um, lots of talk, maybe three to four tight ends in the first round. Let's, you know, basically see if, you know, that dog will hunt here. And we'll get to that here in the final segment. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, thanks for being around. So the tight end group went to work yesterday. And Pete, I think the first thing for me that truly blew my mind was just the overall raw athleticism of these guys, you know, consistently under four, seven, all these guys big in size, um, you know, Certainly, you know, Washington from Georgia, you know, what exactly can he contribute? You know, there are so many tight ends from the past who were such great blockers to begin with. Um, and as they got to the NFL, their game evolved and, you know, became more involved, you know, as pass catchers. Um, you know, Dalton Kincaid, this is one that a lot of people love. He did, you know, rel- relatively nothing yesterday. So we you haven't seen that part yet. Um, for the Browns, I don't know if this is truly something they are in on another tight end. You already have Harrison Bryant. You have David Njoku. You've got five to six weeks to maybe put something together. And there's been possible talks of the Browns interested in another veteran tight end. Um, But sometimes, you know, a class may dictate your board if it is good enough. But, Pete, it's great that they all tested well. Are there truly, you know, this three, four first-round talents at the tight end position? Uh, probably not, but that that's the, the thinking on tight end has changed so much. And, and the reason I say no is because traditionally, you know, even, even superstar tight ends tend to go in the second round, uh, Gronkowski second round, you know, the, these are some of the best of the best of the best tight ends don't get picked in the first round. So and some of the ones that have, they either haven't developed yeah. yet or it took them a while, i.e. David Njoku. And then the caveat to that would be, Obviously, you know, Pitts uh, from Florida and now an Atlanta Falcon. So if, you know, four actually go, and I could see it. Uh, Kincaid could go very high. I could easily see uh, Washington end up on the Bengals. Um, then that's fine. I mean, it pushes other things down. But it would it, be pretty juicy, though, if the Bengals had to draft a tight end to cover up for the fact they could never get the tackle position right. Well, that would be one good reason, but they also can't help themselves as a Georgia player who happens to play tight end. It like fits all the things the Bengals just can't resist. Um, so, you know, there are no no doubt talent, but 
who's the guy who's the guy you you sit there and you go i'm gonna plug this guy and he's gonna be great immediately i don't know if you're sitting there going that guy is gonna suddenly take over and be a big part of my offense year one and that's not a problem obviously the bronze are happy with where david njoku is but that is sort of another reason why some of these guys can sort of slip and fall but if you're asking you know who who fits with what the Browns could like a lot depends on what the Browns really want in another tight end, because this tight end class has a lot of different shapes and sizes. There are some true inline guys. Uh, Darnell Washington is like the prototype in that, but you know, even uh, uh, Musgrave from Oregon state, like I was a little surprised at how good he was. I mean, he's an Alpine skier and all this, but he, he was freaky. Um, but are you going to get a, a true full service guy out of these? Meanwhile, you, you like you take the kid out of uh, Old Dominion, freaky tester and all this. I, I, I it's hard to know what he really is going to be at the next level. It, maybe he evolves into that. But even a guy like Brenton Strange tested really well, but he's sort of an F. He's you know shorter than you'd like, which is the thing with Sean Laporta. That's going to be a challenge for him. Sean Laporta is shorter than you'd like. You say six three is not short. Well that can be a little bit of a problem when you're going against a six, five, six, six D end with long arms. You can get in your body real quick that it may be tough to be a true inline blocker. So if you try, if you're okay with getting more guys who play out in space and sort of growing them into a, a, a tight end, which is something the Browns have done. There's a lot of guys in that camp. Um, but it really comes down to what do the Browns want? If they're, if they're content to add another F, there are a ton of those guys. Brent Strange, I mentioned from Penn State. Of course, the Penn State guy, freaky. Great athletes <laughs> all the time. Not a whole lot of not, – not, not as much winning as you'd think. Um, there are players who just – who fit in that role, and you're sitting there going, yeah, I would love this guy on my team. But I, I have a hard time seeing the Browns not either get the guy they want in free agency – and then come back, you know, maybe they come back and they're just so blown away. They go, we have to take this guy, but it feels to me like they're either going to hit it there or they're, or they're not. Now the thing with the draft and with the Browns, they tend to go where the strength of the draft is. They're going to take the best players available. So if a tight end's sitting there and, and is, is the opportunities there to grab them, they're going to go ahead and do it. But um, so much depends on what we, what, where, where this offense is going and, you know, with the addition of Bill Musgrave and some of the things I think they're going to do, I'd recommend anyone to go back and watch that Cal offense from last year. I get it. They were terrible. They have no talent except the one receiver is pretty interesting. Um, watch the games though. They, their quarterback is constantly prepared. He's got a whole lot of options. They create space for guys. They get guys open. They just weren't very good. If that's what the Browns are going to be, I, I, you know, do they really want another tight end? I know the Browns love to be able to sort of, get wide and get tight and big all in the same game. That's sort of an interesting, you know, dynamic to be able to play with teams to, to make teams that are comfortable being big, play small or play teams that love to play small, play bigger. That is challenging for them. So they have a lot of options. Um, we're going to get to one question more here with Pete. And, you know, we have not started a shirt and tie request for guests on locked on Browns, you know, he just felt to wear his Sunday best. It's just the way I it goes. Class right this place up. You guys are all sloppy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> can't truly argue with that one. Um, Pete, uh, you and I both are of the belief the Browns are going to find some way to add a veteran safety to this room. Um, Friday evening, two of 
you know, I would say too, probably if you're going to just go, you know, statistical output and careers accomplishment wise in college, Jamie Robinson, Chris Smith had not the greatest workouts, probably putting both of these guys, you know, probably after pick 100, you know, somewhere in the early day three range. Um, in this scenario where I don't think anybody thought either one was going to blow up the gym as far as test numbers, does this really hurt either one? And if you're a team, hey, Cleveland Browns, for example, who wants to get another safety in here, you got a chance to get a, a pretty solid, accomplished player who you know may be a little bit limited athletically. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding as far as the tape concerned, you know, in the fourth round. Does it really affect either of these two guys in the long run? Uh, if you're just going to production – they both have question marks. I think Jamie Robinson is fine. And again, the one thing I wanted to see Jamie Robinson test is one thing he didn't do. I thought he'd crush agility. I thought that would have been his thing where he'd be like, look, man, I couldn't jump very high. I couldn't run very fast. But, man, look at these agility. But isn't there something to be said of, you know, after doing all of that, then going to go do agility drills afterwards? It seems to be the last thing they do. It is, but some of these guys crush it. And, and that becomes your thing. But I, I think that's something that Jamie Robbins is going to be like, this is my calling card. I'm going to be a competitive SOB and I'm quick. And you may not love me as a safety, but you may love me as a slot guy. Um, so what you're basically asking is do, do, do any of these safeties really get the David Bell treatment? Maybe. Um, I, 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 as I said before, I'm not super high on the safety class in general. And, and uh, the the position I group I came out of and went okay the Browns have to take one is corner. Um, I'm more interested in hitting another corner. Yes, sure. yes. Uh, like if if they want to mess around and let that kid from Maryland sit there at 42, I'll take him. I, I will take that kid Deontay Banks right now and just put four corners on the field and go do something about it. But I, I'm wondering what's going to happen. Are we going to see some of these guys? get take, drafted corners and converted? Or are we just going to see teams just lean into this corner class and say, screw it, and we'll just uh, you know protect our safety <laughs> as much as possible? I'm not sure. But to, to your question, yeah, I, I think you could see that happen. Uh, but a lot of that's going to come down to value. Uh, because what I thought about in, in watching sort of these receivers test is, is my thought was, I wonder where David Bell would go in this class. I think he might go a little higher than when the Browns got him last year, uh, you know, for, for better or worse. So maybe there's a scenario where guys fall to a point. The Browns are like, we can't help ourselves. We have to take this guy. He's just too good. We understand. And then the other part of that is, you know, it, it, it feels like an excuse. And, and I think it is to basically go, well, maybe the Browns or any of these other NFL teams will come back and say they they're faster than this because they have, the technology to check on that, you know, Cooper cup famously, famously the Rams came out of that the workout and said, no, he's faster than that. And they took him and it worked. So maybe there's an element of that hard to say, but maybe the Browns are particularly free safety, more interested in wisdom than necessarily uh, athletic ability, but who knows? I mean, they've at least raised the possibility of putting Grant Delpa back there. Uh, you know, certainly. And for me, you know, you know, I'm not sure if that's the route I want to go. Um, you know, you've had him put so much work and time and, you know, as both seasons, 21 and 22, you know, closed out. This was a guy you were talking extremely promising about. Um, but, you know, it all makes me seen. And of course, you know, 
new sheriff in town, so to speak, for the defense. Uh, got to the wide receiver group. Um, you know, overall, uh, you know, this class, you know, what's the old phrase? It just ain't it. It just ain't it. Um, it's just what happens sometimes. It's just kind of way it goes. Um, quarterback class, uh, Browns may not be in it high. Um, certainly going to be a lot of activity in regards to that tight end group. And, you know, a couple of safeties. Uh, been around college football for a long time. Um, you know, may not be athletic stars, but you're getting smart, functional, intelligent football players. Uh, appreciate Pete Smith from Browns Digest, you know, being along for the ride here. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith um, underscore as well. Uh, all the work over there. Pete and the team putting out, you know, great content day in, day out, week in, week out. Myself, Jeff Lloyd at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns. Appreciate you all for making Lockdown Browns your first listen every single day. Whether it is on your favorite podcast app, always available, always free here on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed, notifications on, so when new content drops, you guys are there to absorb it. And if you've got Roku, go ahead, fire it up. Uh, you will uh, search for Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You will find the Lockdown Browns podcast, Lockdown Guardians, Lockdown Cavs, and the ultimate Cleveland Sports Show as well. All that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LLB. Oh, let's go Browns.